Welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Simon Blair, and with my co-host Emma Doyle, we explore how to coach for success in both sport and business. And make sure you find us on Facebook, where you can access all the latest episodes. Here's Emma. Hello, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle, here with Bill Bethel. Uh, did I pronounce it right? I got that okay? Yeah, that's great. Berthel. Yeah, the, the Australian twist on that. Um, Love it. Look, uh, fellow TED Talker, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm so excited to be here today, um, as I'm sure you are too. And Very just an, excited. Yeah, honour to, to be, you know, in the lineup of speakers with yourself and just learning about your business sounds fascinating. So thanks for being on the show. So um, the first question we try and break pattern, it's a bit random, it's the Vegemite question. You know the Australian spread, right? You either love it or you hate it. It's quite a unique taste. Or you've never tried it. Right. Never tried what, it, honestly. Never, never tried, tried it. it. Never okay. tried okay. it. Um, so in which case, I'll go with um, with break pattern number two. Anchovies on a pizza. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, because you answered that way, the first question is, could you share with us a coaching experience um, that didn't go well, um, either as a coach E or as a coach yourself, and what are the lessons of something that, you know, a, a failing coaching experience? Does something come to mind That's that you could share? a great question. Yeah, it really does. Um, I, I had had a coaching session with an individual who was working on self-confidence and the session itself was very difficult in that the, uh, the open-ended questions weren't leading us anywhere. And so what I realized was it was an opportunity to actually start becoming somewhat of a consultant that I needed to, although there's always that risk of projecting to onto the client, uh, there was an opportunity to, to at least prime the pump with the client mm-hmm. to allow them to start reaching some sense of where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, compound that with this client was actually welling up and tearing and almost crying through the entire session. So it was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the takeaways, give space. Just give space for someone to sit with a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other takeaway is sometimes we need to interject a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it's this balance between giving the space yeah. and interjecting to help that client really move forward. Yeah, it's like the hats, the different hats we wear, isn't it? it? Is. When we've got it to is. be more the mentor versus the coachee. Exactly. Or the coach, sorry. Um, the second question is the sliding doors question. Okay. So you know when your life's heading one way and something happens or someone or an opportunity and you end up turning dramatically left yes. or right. We have many throughout our career. Is there one that jumps out that you could share with us about your life? Oh, for me personally, there's several actually. And I think it's often in those transitions that opportunity presents itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, I'm a snowboarder. I learned it on the slopes as a, as a very young man that it's all about that toe to heel transition. And once you get it, you can enjoy the ride. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, I think more meaningful uh, example for me uh, is in my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I had spent about uh, 27 years in corporate culture. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Uh, Amazing organization I was working with. Um, but I found the coaching realm and I found it quite accidentally, um, kind of on the sidelines, watching other coaches work with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I was in admiration of that. Uh, matter of fact, when I first met my wife, she suggested I would become a coach. and I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I really didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And um, you also, when you spoke to me last night, you associated that to, to sport. I did. I did. I'm not a sports guy. Yeah. And I, and I, and I told her, I'm like, no, I would yeah. never be a coach. I don't understand sports. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And she's like, no, there's this whole other realm of coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it was many years ago. And as I got more and more engaged with coaches, um, there was this opportunity to learn about this whole field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my coaching certification several years ago and just was pulled in. It, it, mm-hmm. it became my life purpose. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I share that as a major transition is I had 
truly planned to stay in corporate and retire from this organization mm-hmm. that I was already working mm-hmm. with for 27 years. Unheard of today. Yep. That was my trajectory. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find this new opportunity had me turn left or right, whichever yeah. direction that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. In one to a maximum of three words, what do you think makes a great coach? Oh, great question. I think it's... Um, I think it's being able to listen without judgment. Yep. Listen without judgment. Fantastic, fantastic. And finally, our last question is when you get a chance to meet other coaches, other successful entrepreneurs, what is the one question you want to ask our coaching podcast audience? What's the one thing that always intrigues you? What do you want to know more about in others? What's your favorite question? My favorite question is, how did you get to where you are today? I love to understand people's paths. Mm. Um, it's, it's usually more of a conversation than just an answer, which mm. I appreciate very much. Mm. But it's, it's how did you get to where you are today? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, let's have a great day. Yes, you too. All right. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Kurt, one of my fellow TED speakers today. So lovely to meet you. Can't wait to hear you speak this afternoon. Um, we'll get straight into it. Um, the first question is the Vegemite question. You know the Australian spread. Now, I know you've been to Sydney, but yes. did you taste the spread that you put on your toast? You, people either love it or they hate it. It's like that yeasty... I think I did. Yeah. I, I stayed in Surrey Hills, uh, and I remember going to a wonderful coffee shop there. Um, yeah. And I think... I, I don't remember the name of it, but uh-huh. I remember, I think I do remember having that on toast. And I remember how wonderful breakfast was because there were so many outdoor cafes uh-huh. and you'd sit down and yes. everybody talked to each other. Yes. Everyone speaks to you and, and your coffee and toast and eggs are on ceramic plates, yeah. not, not toss away plates. When we wanted a cup uh-huh. of coffee to go, we had to ask for a go cup. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, yeah. I, I, I really believe in sustainability. So that was uh-huh. really, really a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah. I love Sydney. Thanks. Really. Thanks for even saying that because that's one thing that's dear to my heart actually and when I come to the States it, it just it really upsets me so anyway that's not the coaching now we'll get so but the first question because you answered that you do like Vegemite okay then therefore the next follow-up question is could you share with us a coaching or a, le- a leading or a moment of success a moment of um, where something went really well when you were leading people and uh, what was what's the lesson in within within the success so the story but more the the learning for our listeners I think when, when I've had those moments that I really felt completely fulfilled, say after a particular performance, uh-huh. I, I think it was, it's always following a period of time of exceptional preparation. Um, I don't, I don't think there are any shortcuts. Yeah. I, yep. I really think just like I've always been trying to improve my handwriting and there's no substitute mm-hmm. for spending the time with the pen on the paper, mm-hmm. learning to play clarinet. You, 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 we are biological creatures. We learn through repetition. You have to do the work. Yes. So it's the same way with conducting. It's the same way with tennis. It's the same way yeah. with, with everything else. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think about the Nevada All-State Orchestra and those kids, those kids were really, really wonderful and I had a great time with them and the concert. It, it was not without its little flaws mm-hmm. and little problems, but it was an exceptional experience because they really broke through mm-hmm. on so many, on so many levels. And I had, uh, orchestra is not my main wheelhouse mm-hmm. band is. Mm-hmm. So standing in front of a huge string section is 
like attending a convention on Mars, just, yeah, just a little yeah, bit for me. Yeah. So I had taken viola lessons for a year leading up to that, just to make sure I was really prepared. And so I could think like a string player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, cool. it pay, and it and really paid, paid off. off yeah. I, I felt it yeah. paid off. Of course, they didn't realize that. That was all yeah. from inside of my consciousness, but yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it really made a difference. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm going to ask that this, usually we don't ask this question, but because of your talk today, um, the follow-up question for there, that normally we just pick one question, but I am going to ask you, um, a, a, could you share with us a moment that didn't go well, like a failure, and what is the lesson for our listeners? Remember, we, we've got sports coaches and business coaches as our audience. Well, um, as I'm going to talk about this afternoon, yes. I had an incident in the 80s where um, I fell off a stage in the middle of the performance. I was hoping you were going to share that one. And, and it, was, it was just one of those things that just kind of happened. I lost my balance while I was playing. I was seated. It was a crazy situation. And it was one of these things where either I took somebody out because I lost my balance while I was leaning and playing, or I pushed myself in the other direction and down I went. And, and, and it was these milliseconds of time but as was happening it seemed like hours in slow motion as I evaluated my trajectory toward Marsha and I realized oh she's playing a solo here in the middle of Der Rosen Der Rosen Cavalier Waltzes by Strauss and this will completely ruin the performance so it's much better if I go off the stage and there I go and uh uh, so I, I scrambled to my feet and I crawled back up and I continued to play. I mean, mm-hmm. just got on with it. Yes, I just got on with it. Mm. Um, it was one of those things that just sort of happened and it was the knee jerk reaction was mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to just let it happen and avoid her. And she never knew. But when you listen to the recording, mm-hmm. you can hear that. You hear it. You hear, you hear it on the recording. Yeah, yeah you can actually hear the real moment. The the next question is the sliding doors question. So you know when your life's heading one way and then something or someone happens, you end up turning dramatically left or right. We have many mm-hmm. throughout our career. Mm-hmm. But is there one that you could share with us that's really stood out, that's put you on, on your path? Mm-hmm. Well, um, when I finished graduate school, I couldn't find a job. I had a master's degree in conducting, but I couldn't get a job because I had a master's and no experience and no one wanted to take a chance on me. And, and then finally I did get, uh, this chance and it meant uprooting my life from Chicago and moving to New Jersey. I didn't want to leave Chicago. I didn't want to leave friends and, and just so much that was there. And, and my intention was, well, I'll go for a year and then I'll continue to look for a job in Chicago and I'll come back. That made sense. Yeah. Well, at the end of the year, I got a phone call from John Painter. He was the band director at Northwestern. He was my conducting teacher. And he was the type of man that when you got a phone call and said, there's a job opening, Mm -hmm. that meant you got the job. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Painter called me and said, there's an opening at, I don't even know what the school was. Mm -hmm. And in that, that was a sliding doors moment for Mm -hmm. me. And I said, you know, Mr. Painter, thank you very much, but I think I'm good here. And that's the school where I stayed for 31 years. Wow. So um, I haven't really thought of it in those terms. I was, yeah, that was that sort of that's a sliding that was doors definitely moment. a sliding doors moment. And yeah. I think I, I don't regret that decision. Yeah. Um, what What was there anything within that? Do you, if you think back to that moment, why, why did you not? take him up on that? Because I saw the potential in the program and I saw the potential in putting down those roots and, and taking the program Mm -hmm. 
I mean, there were successes and failures and a big mix in that first year. Mm -hmm. It was a struggle. I followed a very successful band director. Mm -hmm. um, so there was that that period of mm -hmm. negotiation and trying to establish for myself. I know Mr. Yasky did it that way, but now I'm here. Yeah. And, and I kept having to say that over and over yeah. again. And I just got to the point where I started to feel like I was finally making dancing in step with the students and the parents oh. and, and starting to feel like I was making it my own. I love that so, expression. Yeah. So I, uh, so Mr. Yeah. Painter called me and yeah. I said, thanks, no thanks. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Beautiful. The next question is in one to a maximum of three words or three qualities. What do you think makes a great coach? Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that question in regarding to a coach, but I'm going to think like a conductor. Excellent. That is a hundred percent what we want you to do okay. on the show. Thank you. Good. Clarify. So, um, the first thing I always tell my ensembles when I have my first rehearsal is that what they should expect from me is not that my first job is not to wave my hands. Mm -hmm. My first job is to listen. So the first word I would say is what makes a good coach, what makes a good conductor, what makes a good teacher, what makes a good friend, what makes a good partner is Someone. the capacity to listen. Um, I would say, uh, the second is empathy. I think, uh, to be able to put ourselves non-judgmentally in our students' shoes is really, really critical. And the third I would say is imagination. Uh, I've, I, I, have put this one piece in my repertoire that was, it's the finale to the Kalinikov First Symphony, a relatively unknown symphony, but my, the, the, my teacher at Northwestern was Mr. Painter. His predecessor was Glenn Cliff Bainham. Glenn Cliff Bainham was a, a luminary in the field of bands during the 30s and 40s. And he arranged this symphony finale for band. He took it from the orchestral original and he added antiphonal brass. So at the end of this finale, this grand and very broad sounding finale, suddenly you have these two brass choirs with 20 brass players and they communicate back and forth across the audience during this finale. The sounds literally like St. Mark's Cathedral in Venice. The sound goes back and forth. And although we never did it that way at Northwestern, when I got a chance to do it, I thought, I really, I want to, be able to do this. So I had a I had to imagine what will this sound like? What will the logistics of be of this be like? And so my first major uh, guest conducting assignment was 2005. It was region one band in New Jersey. And I programmed that and I talked them into letting me import 22 brass players from another ensemble at Clifton high school. And, and we made it work. And, uh, but I had to imagine I had to visualize and I had to audiate all those factors. And so now I've done that piece maybe five or six times. I'm going to do it again this year. Um, and uh, each time I come back to it, I have to reimagine now in this setting with this ensemble, with this set of brass mm -hmm. players, how is mm -hmm. this, how is this going to yeah, be? Fantastic. So I would say listening, empathy, empathy. and imagination. imagination. Love it. I don't think anyone has ever said imagination in, in, in all of my interviews. Um, fantastic. Um, the last question is, you know, when you get a chance to meet other successful coaches, entrepreneurs, business people, what's that one question that you want to know more about? What question have you 
got for the coaching podcast that intrigues you, that sparks your curiosity? What's, what's What question do you have for us on the podcast? Um, I would say my question would be what makes you happy? Doing what you do, a lot of people for their major um, curricular assignment for their for their major task um, in life for what they get paid to do mm-hmm. they don't do what they love mm-hmm. if we were to interview Wall Street bankers if we were to infer- interview a lot of people in the insurance agency or a lot of people who make most of the money in this country or in the world I would guess that a lot of them would not say that they love what they do mm-hmm. I chose to do what I love mm-hmm. And I think that's made all the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would ask, what what do you love about what you do mm-hmm. that has kept you doing it and has helped you thrive and and communicate with others and and join with others to to pull other ideas together. And it's been really great this weekend to meet you and to meet these other speakers yeah, because lots of great ideas around the table mm-hmm. here. Um, pre-conference this afternoon yeah, so uh, absolutely. yeah yeah i think that's what thank it would be. you so much yes. for being on the show and i can't wait to listen to your talk this oh, afternoon so i'm going to rush back out and, and we're we're going to get together when i come to sydney i'm going to come down to melbourne yes, yes absolutely yeah, it'll, it'll be great wait. thank you so much thank you Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Julie Dostal, who's one of my fellow TED um, Talk uh, presenters today. It's so exciting to be on, you know, to be able to talk on the same stage as you. Um, so thanks so much for being on the show. The first question um, is actually the Vegemite question. So we try, you know, you know the Australian spread that you yes. you either love it or you hate it or yes. you just have you tried yeah. it? I've or? never actually tried it. I've only heard a song about it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I'll go with a different question to break. Pattern. Okay. Um, let's go with um, a pineapple on a pizza. Ooh. Yes. Or okay. No? Yes, right? yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you answered that way, could you share with us a coaching moment, you know, or a leadership moment within your work um, that something's gone really well? Um, you know, something that was like, yes, that went really well. And what was the lesson, or what did you do for it to go well? A coaching moment. Can, is something coming to mind that you could share with us? Um, well, you know what? I am the executive director of an agency and I love to put people, my, the, the people who work with me in my agency, I love to allow them to explore their strengths. Awesome. And, um, I, I'm really kind of a hands off type of director. And when people express an idea and want to try out one of their strengths and spread mm-hmm. their wings a little bit, I'm like, go for it. You've got my support. I won't intervene unless mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, trouble may be on the way, something you may not see. And so I have this one particular employee who is phenomenal at creating gorgeous, wonderful, community-wide events that are huge festivals, and that's her thing. And it makes perfect sense for what I do. I work in the field of substance abuse prevention, and if we're going to make a wonderful, gorgeous um, uh, event for the community without alcohol, it needs to be compelling, it needs to be fun, it needs to attract people. She got all that. She took it and run with it. 
And now it's actually one of our major initiatives with my agency, and we do four festivals a year. Fantastic. Yes, it's a and wonderful thing to let people fly and be free yeah. and let them know that I've put a net there, mm-hmm. not going to fall, yep. but back. I'm not, but I mm-hmm. am not going to reach in there and, and meddle with your things mm-hmm. unless, unless I see something coming that might be disastrous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. The next question is a sliding doors question. Okay. So you, you know, your life is heading one way and sure. then something, someone happens, you end up turning dramatically left or yes. right. We have many throughout our, our career. Is this, is there one that you could share with us to do with your career? You know, it's taking you where you are, um, or at any stage along the, the road. Is something come to mind that you could share? Well, um, I think actually, um, the really, really big one that is a very kind of consummate example of where I've ended up, where I didn't think I would end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in long-term recovery. I'm a woman in long-term recovery. I have been sober now for 25 years. Fantastic. I was in the middle of grad school. Mm-hmm. I was doing well. I was a 4.0 student. I held down two jobs, and I was drinking myself to death. Mm-hmm. I bumped into myself in that process. I was a person who was in school to learn how to do therapy to help other people with their life. And um, after my last drink, I woke up the next morning, and it was not pretty, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning, and like I said, I bumped into myself, and I said, how can you help other people with their life if you're drinking yourself to death. Mm-hmm. And um, I happened to have, it was back in the day before there were a lot of women who talked about recovery, I happened to have a friend um, who was open about her recovery. I called her up and I said, can I go to a meeting with you tonight? Mm-hmm. Without a question, without a judgment, she came and picked me up. And that was my sliding door Beautiful. to walk into recovery, mm-hmm. made a decision, and that was literally my last drink. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, in one to a maximum of three words or oh, th- three qualities, okay. uh-huh. what do you think makes a great coach? Realistic, encouraging, and inspiring. Fantastic. And our final question yes. is when we ask you to ask us a question, you know, when you get a chance to meet sure. other, other coaches, successful entrepreneurs, because our audience is business and sport. Sure. What's the one thing that intrigues you about others? What do you want to know more about? I would love to know from you when in a person's life you believe you can make the most impact. Mm. Fantastic question. So thank you so much for um, being with us. And I can't wait for this afternoon. Yes, indeed. Let's go get them. Emma Doyle is an international high-performance coach and motivational speaker, helping people to unlock their inner coach. Her mission is to unleash female potential through her girl power camps and the Confidence Matrix program. She can be contacted on email via emma at emmadoyle.com.au or visit her website or Facebook page. And myself, well, for the best part of the last 25 years, I've been a coach of managers and their staff at the front line of sales and customer service. And uh, I would love your connection on LinkedIn. So search for me, Simon Blair, Contact Centre Coach, and connect. 
You can also email me at simon.blair at 5degrees. That's F-I-V-E, 5degrees.com.au.